Welcome to the world of fashion, where any and everything is possible, where nothing is something and something is everything. Join me, your host, Aisha Go, on this journey as we explore and discuss topics, areas of concern, and issues in the fashion industry. Hey everyone, it's Aisha Go, and welcome to another episode of Seems Real, the fashion podcast that explores and discusses topics, areas of concerns, and issues all pertaining to fashion and the fashion world. I hope everyone had a great week, and it's just so crazy um, how fast time is flying by, because not only are we here in a new week, we're here in a new month. The last time I spoke to you, we were in April, and even that, I couldn't believe how much time was going by, and now we are in May, and it's just, it's, it's just so surreal how, again, how fast time is going by, um, how we're almost halfway through the year, which means we're closer and closer to Fashion Week, which I'm looking forward to. I'm so excited about, especially because I think the weather during that time is just amazing. But besides that, um, again, I hope everyone had a great week. And also Cinco de Mayo was yesterday. So for everyone um, that is Mexican or that were just celebrating different heritages, a little, a little celebrating the Mexican heritage and culture. Excuse me for that. Um, hope you had a great time. Hope you had fun. And yeah, so night right now we're gonna go straight into our topic and discussion for today. Um, let me get some water because I'm very parched. Um, we're gonna get into our topic and discussion because it's multifaceted as usual as these things go with um my podcast episodes. It's a lot to devour, a lot to think about, and it's really complex issues that we're talking about, so we have to break them down and analyze them in different ways and ask questions to get answers to lead to other questions. So we're just gonna get straight into this into the discussion. This week's topic is um, obviously going to be about the Met Gala because that is just a huge, huge, huge event um, for anyone that's in fashion, in the fashion industry, anyone that loves fashion, you know how epic and grandiose this event is. So the the annual Met Gala took place on Monday, May 2nd. Um, right here in New York City at the Metropolitan Museum, and it was it was from looking from looking at the pictures, it just was again a great turnout. Um, and also, it's important that people know that the Met Gala isn't just a time for celebrities to come and party and you know get dressed up and all dolled up, even though that is part of it. But it is part of a larger initiative. It is a fun. <coughs> Oh, excuse me. It is a fundraising event that raises money for the museum and um, creating, curating different exhibits and learning experiences for for people to continue to enjoy the arts and keep the arts alive. As you know, as times change and as we learn more and more about art, so some of the um, co-chairs and people that are responsible for 
curating the event are um, Anna Wintour, who is the artistic director of Conde Nast and also the editor-in-chief of USA Vogue. Um, I believe Taylor Swift is involved also, Idris Alba, and this year Apple was a part of the um, the event because this year's theme was heavily focused on um, the the relation that can be had between both handcrafted and handmade fashion items and pieces and also garments and pieces that are made stemming from technology so through different machineries through different techniques that um equipment can do so i think that the concept and theme of this year is is a great one to have because um we see things like the apple watch and how they're trying to market market the Apple Watch and make it fashionable and they're partnering with Vogue and they're partnering with like Hermes to make technology fun, to make technology stylish, to make technology something that everyone wants to look at. And also because we're in such a digital age right now, it's weird how we we have seen technology um, a part of fashion, but I think that we'll see it even more. So this event is like a precursor as to what we can expect in the next coming years uh, and see how fashion will evolve and grow thanks to technology. So the um, the title this year, so that was the theme, and the title was Madness and Machina. Um, again, it was about technology, and I, I love the idea. I love the concept. And it was just fun looking at the different the different outfits that people had on. So... In my opinion, of course, these are these are my opinions because it's me talking about it and my interpretation of um things. I think that we did see some people who definitely took this year's theme and ran with it. They showed us um, futuristic, and futuristic isn't always like dressing like the Jetsons or anything like that. But they showed us how the pieces that they wore were a um a joint union between handmade and also um made through machinery um i feel like we also saw a lot of um foreshadowing of what we could see in the future and how fashion is going to evolve and change but then i do also think some people played it a little safe now don't get me wrong there were a lot of great looks on the red carpet there are people that looked amazing and stunning however um, when it comes to the Met Gala, this is the event. This is a fashion, the fashion um, occasion where you go all out. This is where you let your imagination run, run wild. <coughs> oh, excuse me. This is where you let your imagination run wild. This is where creativity should be at its highest and at its most. Um innovation should be there at its most and i feel like some people just played it really really safe i think if it were if some of these outfits were being worn at like the grammys or the oscars or some other award shows i think it would be amazing and some people would be listed as best dressed but however for the met ball um the met gala an event that's just really fun upbeat something that people look forward to every year and then with a really cool theme this year i feel like some people really could have stepped it up so since we're talking about some of 
you know, some of the looks that we've seen on the red carpet. I do want to go over who my top looks were and people that I really enjoyed looking at. So, for the women, my best dress list is Kate Bosworth and Dolce & Gabbana. You have Solange and David Le- David Lepore and Zoe Kravitz and um, Valentino Hocouture. And for the men, my top looks were Zayn Malik and Versace, Wiz Khalifa and Rag and Bone, and Jaden Smith and Louis Vuitton. Now, I do have to say for the men, um, I do have an honorable mention. So I give my honorable mention to Kanye West. I love, love, love the Balmain jacket that he had on the denim jacket that was bleached that was embroidered with you know pearls and all these stones and um a jacket that olivier rusing who is the creative director of balmain said um the jacket took long to make more um forgive me um olivier rusing who is the creative director of balmain said that kanye's jacket took longer to make than anyone else's outfit that he that he dressed and created for um, the Met Gala. So I love the jacket. However, I wasn't too impressed with the jeans on the red carpet or the boots. Um, I do get it's Kanye and Kanye pushes the boundaries. That's one of the reasons why I I just really look up to Kanye and idolize him. Because he's always doing things different. He's always pushing the boundary. He steps outside of his comfort zone. Which I think is great and important. When you are an artist. Um, especially an artist of his caliber. But I, I, the jeans weren't my favorite. I think that jacket with like a different pair of like pants would have been really cool. Um, even if he didn't necessarily have like a shirt on underneath and it was just like the jacket and it was open. And I, I think that there are a lot of different ways that it could have went. And um, I, I've i seen Kanye, We well, we've all seen Kanye just, you know, really dress and like style himself where you're just staring at him like, wow, like I love what he has on. Um, but Kanye does make my honorable mention. Um but aside from the best dressed and worst dressed, because that's not what this podcast episode is going to be about. This podcast is strictly devoted to having serious conversations and serious talks about, again, topics, areas of concerns and issues that are going on within the fashion industry. So we do have to have a serious discussion about some things that happen at the Met Gala. Um, in particular, I want to talk about the recent comments that have been made about Lupita Nyong'o's hairstyle for the Met Gala. Now, if you didn't see, get a chance to see Lupita, Lupita had on this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful green dress. It was um, like a green mesh in a way, uh, lots of like sparkles, very shiny. But her hair, she had this very immaculate hairstyle that was just this updo. It was very towering. It was very high. And I enjoyed it, especially for that particular event. Because, again, I think that's the event that you go all out for and you have fun, fun with it. And Lupita is someone that I always enjoy seeing, whether on a red carpet or just photos of her out and about. Because I think she is a great ambassador for style um, i'm not going to say she's someone that's fashionable or someone that is trendy because those are words that i don't like to use very much because i think they have expiration date um but to me lupita is very she has great style 
And to me, style is timeless. Style is classic. Style is something that can't be bought with knowing how to put yourself together. And she has that. So anytime she's on the cover, anytime she's, you know, at an event, I just always just love to see what she has on because she looks great. Um, That was my little, my little, like, my little crush, I guess you want to say, me, um, me expelling my little crush about Lupita, but I do want to talk about the comments that were made about her hair, um, because the comments that were made about her hair shows how fashion industry still isn't as diverse or even knowledgeable of, well, as knowledgeable of different cultures and customs as it can be, especially it being 2016 now, a lot has changed, a lot of things are changing, um, you know, and certain things that are very um, traditional or the, like, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, no longer is fashion black and white. We're in a modern, contemporary time now where things are changing, people are changing, um, you know, we're more open about people's sexuality, we're more open about people's um, gender identity, and it still seems like that diversity hasn't fully made its way into the fashion industry, so... Um, as I said, Lupita, she had this updo that was very tiring, very high, um, which was done by her hairstylist, Vernon Francois, um, who I think does a great job with her hair. So whether she has like the really low cut or, you know, it's grown out a little and tapered on the side and kind of like a mohawk, uh, or dyed or, you know, Lupita's always doing fun, fun things with her hair, but a few different media outlets just got it all wrong when trying to describe her hairstyle, which is, which is very bothersome, and also I find it intriguing because opposed to here on the podcast where I just have to use my words to describe to you um, how she looked and how her hair looked, they have websites and you know um, print pieces where they have the photo to accompany the description of how she looks. So for them to get it so wrong with having a photo, also, I just find it really interesting. But um. I read this article on Bullet Media, and um, uh, I just read about different media outlets that just got it, again, got it all wrong. So, um, this is courtesy of Bullet Media, and U.S. Today called Lupita's hair Whoville hair. And yes, this is Whoville as in cat in a hat, um, who's that live in Whoville, Horton hears the who, the animated cartoon, the animated fiction cartoon characters they described her hair as whoville hair um some other media outlets compared her hair to marge simpson which is also extremely incorrect and wrong because those two hairstyles don't look anything similar and marge has blue hair for one so that was just very wrong and i want to say very lazy on um who very lazy on those parts for whoever just called him march simpson um vogue did go a little different route their description was a little better but they but they tried to assert that lupita was channeling oops excuse me was channeling audrey hepburn which was again it's it's better than being compared to marge simpson but it's still wrong and lupita's response to all these different comments and descriptions of her hairstyle that were 
completely incorrect and wrong were just amazing. Um, she went on to her Instagram account and created this this uh, collage, this collection of different videos that showed the likes of like Nina Simone with like this like wonderful like updo hairstyle that like pearls in it like these beads in it and also women from East and West Africa that have these immaculate hairstyles to let them know who her actual hair inspiration was so she cleared it up so you do not have to say that Cindy Who from Whoville is Lupita's inspiration because it actually wasn't and the reason why I want to talk about this specifically for this episode is because this isn't the first time that we have heard such descriptions um, about hair specifically happening. So when Mark Jacob featured the Bantu Knots in one of his runway shows, you know, it was called like edgy and new. And, you know, anytime someone has braids, they're like, oh, like this is so edgy, so innovative and um you know, they try to use different wording for it, and it's 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 gotten to the point now where, at first, you know, not saying that it's okay, but at first, when people are new to it and don't understand it, and um, this is something that they've never seen before, it's like, okay, like, I get that you don't understand it, and I need to be understanding of that. However, now we're in a time where we've seen these hairstyles, you know, we've seen these different hair shows. We've seen TV shows where we see people change up their hair all the time, like RuPaul Drag Race. RuPaul's Drag Race, which I love. They always have these immaculate and wonderful hairstyles in different colors, different shapes, different textures. Um, some of the celebrities that we love and enjoy seeing have always experimented and done fun things with their hair, like Lady Gaga, like Nicki Minaj, uh, Little Kim, you know, the list goes on and on. So, Right now, we're at a point where there's no reason why we should be this ignorant or this um, uneducated about hair and styles from different cultures and customs. And I, I want to just pose a question, stating when is this what when is this going to end, and what can be done to end this? Because again, um, for Lupita's hairstyle to be called, you know. Whoville hair when their hair act when those hairstyles are actually representative of people's status, people's wealth, people that are royalty, their ranking, showing that, you know, they are of an upper echelon within, you know, their tribe, their village, their town, their country, you know, wherever the grouping may be, this hairstyle is indicative and means something. And then for you to just call it Whoville hair, to compare it to something that's not real, to characters that aren't real, to something that's just, you know, very um, wild with imagination, I feel is uh, completely disrespectful, definitely ignorant, and again, just shows a lack of education. So, with that being said, I so I pose a question of when will this end and what can be done to end it? Now, the former question uh really depends on the latter. So, when this will end will depend is when this will end is really 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 dependent on what can be done to end it. When we figure out the what and how to educate people, we'll have a better timeline to know when we can expect such ignorant comments and statements like this to be made and how we can move forward and embracing all cultures and being open and learning from one another and, you know, 
also crediting where these these hairstyles and these styles and customs are actually coming from to get us away from the whole idea of appropriation because that's the reason why talks of cultural appropriation are really big right now because it stems back to the lack of knowledge, the lack of education, the lack of accreditation um that people have for other people's cultures and where and other people's heritage. So something that a, a solution that I think will help. I'm not going to say that it's going to completely remove everything because <clears throat> it's not. And these things do take time. And especially because there are so many different cultures to learn about. But something that I think professionals within the fashion industry need to do is they need to start having um, these teams of people that focus on cultural identity and diversification there needs to be teams of people that do research and know about different different cultures different countries what their customs are what are certain things that they do you know like you should have these teams of people that can look at an article of clothing and see from the colors that are used, the way it's structured, the way it fits you should be have people that can tell where where these items come from. Now, this makes me think of, um, uh, I want to say, uh, anthropology. I, b- I believe that's correct. I hope it's correct. But it makes me think of anthropology and people, um, when people do field work and they go out and study, study the people, study the culture, get engulfed in it, learn about it, write about it, understand it. And I think that sort of perspective and mindset needs to be had for the fashion industry because, again, we can get past these talks of cultural appropriation. We need to be more understanding of diversity um, and understanding each other, especially because I find it interesting because so many fashion brands have headquarters globally so many fashion magazines and publications have you know um, offices and issues that are global in different countries but yet we're still getting it wrong so although we have spread nationally and internationally and we're global and we're in all these different countries and um we we get people to translate, we get to write stories, we include people that are from these nations in the publications. We're still getting it wrong because we're still saying things that are incorrect. We're still saying things that are quite close-minded. We're still we're still saying things that show that we aren't as developed and we aren't as sophisticated and refined as we make it seem like we are so again for me i think one of the options of um what can be done to change this mindset so that these things don't happen is having these teams that focus specifically on cultural identity and diversity and it may seem like it's a lot of work because um you know of course it's always what's the roi what's the return on investment what are we making from this uh how is this profitable and it's profitable because you're gonna be connecting with the people and once you connect with people people that's how you develop brand loyalty. That's how you get people that will always vouch for you. People that are willing to 
to accept you as I don't want to say their leader because that's that's a very extreme word to use to use but people that are going to accept you as someone that they look up to and an influencer someone that has impact someone that is an icon an expert when it comes to a particular industry and area and again that that builds loyalty that builds a great following of people that will follow you and will you know, want to want to always know what you're doing and what you're up to, and and I think that this is something that could be really great, and um, this is something that should be implemented also because this will do nothing but help. So having this vast knowledge is gonna help create content. And right now, I know the one of the popular saying, especially amongst marketers, um, since I do work within marketing, is content is king. So if you if you have the vast knowledge and these resources, it's just leading you to create more content. So when these designers do have new collections or when you do see a movie or when you see how things are changing, you could you can reference where these things are actually coming from and then tie it into, you know, well, when do we start tapping into this culture? How did it start? Who was the pioneer for that? How do we still see it today? Did this person tap into it and then go somewhere else and then merge the two to create something else? Like, this is all content that's being created. And again, content is very powerful right now. Content is huge. And I think also with having this team of people that focus on cultural identity and diversification, it, it can lead to things that are as simple as having more educated and informed posts for social media. So being able to say, you know, happy Cinco de Mayo to everyone or happy Chinese New Year and actually mean it and actually know what you're talking about because you have this team that has done extensive research that work within it all the time. So when you say it, it's actually genuine and organic and doesn't seem forced or seem like, oh, well, they're just trying to do this because... It's that time of the year again, you know, or like, oh, they're just try- they're just trying because it's something that they have to do because everyone is doing it. You become again, you become so knowledgeable and so engulfed in it that you can actually create a product centered to, you know, said holiday or said observance or said culture or y- you could create content that other people associate with. And again, they see that it's genuine. So. For example, if you're creating, since Cinco de Mayo um, did just pass, it was yesterday. If you're creating a post about the Mex- Mexican culture and Mex- Mexican heritage, if you have a team of people that focus specifically on diversity, um, they know uh, they know so much about the culture, about its roots, about the heritage, about the people, about the customs, and you know about all these great things that make the country unique and make the country what what it is like the, the the structure of the country that when you create a post for Instagram or um Facebook and you get to have all these different little nuances these these different elements within a, a photo shoot or within a video that you put together, or some sort of visuals, that everything makes sense. It's like, oh, that back there, um, that plant back there is a reference of uh, wealth, or it's a reference to um, a plant that has been used 
um, by ancestors hundreds and hundred years ago because of XYZ. Like you, it just makes the product that you put out so much more genuine, uh, so much more powerful because it actually is strategic and it, it shows that you actually know what you're talking about. And, um, just to go back to, and I know, um, like BOF did a great article about Beyonce's lemonade and how the fashion industry can learn from it. Going back to Beyonce's lemonade visual album, every every element of that album meant something. It represented something. Everything that was in the shot represented something. Everyone that was all the all the women and all the people that were featured in it represented something the overall concept and message and if you still think the overall concept and message is jay-z jay-z cheating then um i suggest you go watch and listen to it again but every everything had meaning everything that's in there was 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 planned out it all helped further push the message and i think having these these um teams that focus on cultural identity and diversification will help move the message forward which is you know we are all fashion fashion is around us everywhere no matter where we go so that's just my take on it um again i feel like we and i'm saying we collectively um have been having this talk and discussion about hair for so 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 long um and it's just to the point now where it's like okay you've messed up in the past a lot um we've looked past it we've forgiven it and yet you continue to make the same mistake again um again i said this a little earlier it comes off as a to me it comes off as just like a little lazy too not wanting to put in the work not wanting to put in the research to see where um these styles and customs actually come from and it's so crazy too now that i think about it and beyonce's lemonade and um I don't remember what chapter or what number it was, but the visuals that accompanied the song Sorry, uh, Beyonce had a hairstyle that was similar to the hairstyle that Lupita featured in her visual album. It was um, an an updo in a way, but it was kind of like like a crown, but it was like braided and, you know, very intricate, very, very, um, very beautiful. And it's like, you know, we it, it's it it symbolizes something and it means something and then to just compare it to something that's fictitious it's it's very um disheartening and very just hurtful especially because of again the times that we're in now and how we're supposed to be moving forward um so that is my thought and takes um i would love to hear what your thoughts and takes on takes are as well when it comes to um educating people about different cultures um about knowing more about diversity within the fashion industry knowing where where the origins of certain styles are from certain clothing certain pieces hairstyle makeup um whatever you name it um i think that it's really again i think it's so 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 important not only for the specific organizations but also just as a whole when it comes to fashion and moving fashion forward and proving to people that fashion is more than just the aesthetics and the shiny and it's not just superficial and that it actually means something and has a connection to a deeper deeper meaning and it projects 
life and society around us, then we need to start acting like it. And part of life and society around us is different cultures. And it's time that we start embracing it and welcoming it with open arms. <laughs> so again, that is, that's a, that's the topic discussion for this week. Um, I didn't expect for me to go on like that, but, um, I am more than happy to hear what your thoughts are and what your takes are. Please let me know. Um, are we being too sensitive about talks about here? Are we not taking talks about here serious enough? Is it not just um, African American, Black, African, Caribbean hairstyles that are being appropriated also are there hairstyles that are being appropriated in other places like again this is a serious talk like we really need to have these talks and figure things out so we don't continue to make the same mistakes over and over and we can actually start to start to chart new territories and conquer new things with fashion so thank you so much for listening to this week's episode um I really enjoyed, I really, really, really enjoyed talking about this this week. And if you're listening on SoundCloud, please feel free to like this, to like this um, episode. Feel free to comment anywhere during the discussion. Um, If you want to add something in, if there's something that I forgot, if there's something that you could educate me more about, I would love to hear that. Definitely feel free to comment. Um, You're also more than welcome to repost and to share this with your friends to... That to to continue to have this conversation about fashion, um, let's make this bigger. Let's make this conversation as big as it can get because it should be big. Because um, fashion is big, and there are a lot of different takes and a lot of different perspectives. Um, so yeah, feel free to share it. And if you're listening to this on iTunes, please, please, please rate this podcast so I know what you like to hear, what you don't like to hear, areas that I can improve on, things that you would like me to talk more about. I'm more than happy to um, to incorporate it into the show. And I really welcome your feedback because I love feedback. And I just want us to be able to all grow together during this time. So thank you so much again for tuning in to this week's episode um i had a great time and i just want to say i want to wish everyone a happy mother's day since mother's day is coming up i hope you you are doing something fun with the mother in your life whether it's your mom aunt grandma sister um i hope you're doing something fun and if you're a mom happy mother's day to you and i hope you have a great time and i will talk to you next week with an all new topic and a whole new discussion thanks guys bye